perfectly placed. Strike three call. Unstoppable. Unity is adversity. We are seeing unbelievable things at the ballpark tonight. Refuse to lose. See you later. United we play. United we win. It's his world, and we're all just paying the rent. All hits all the time. We are family. Out to center. Got it! We're busting ours to kick yours. Playing and a miss. On a 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Back from the winter meetings, it is the Mass and All Access podcast, and we are brought to you by Toyota. For legendary safety and reliability, choose Toyota, and let's go places. Welcome in to our Mass and Web studio, Bobby Blanco and Amy Jennings, who is back with us from San Diego, California. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your Wednesday afternoon. Hopefully you're tuning in live on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page or YouTube channel, or catching us after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast. Amy, how was San Diego? You know, it was good. We didn't get to see a whole lot of San Diego. Um, (laughs) I saw a lot of the hotel, um, but it was fun. It was good. Um, Like 30 degrees warmer. It was like high 60s, so I'll take that any day. Um, Just kind of still catching on sleep. I can't believe it's already Wednesday. Like, I feel like since we came back, it's been like bam, 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 bam. Yeah, you guys went the perfect time because as you were in sunny San Diego in the middle of December, (laughs) it was... Just the grossest week ever last week here in D.C. Yeah, it was rainy pretty much the entire week and cold. Um, So you guys went at the right time. I stayed back and covered from home, um, some late nights at home. But um, I think it's funny, Amy, that you've now been to two winter meetings. And they're both in San Diego? Three years apart, and they're both in San Diego. Isn't that crazy? Is it the same hotel we were? Same hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, I have a question for you. Yeah, Paul and I have been trying to figure this out. Did we stay in that hotel last time? We did. I actually thought about this morning. I don't know. Random. We the first we went early and we stayed one. We night stayed up one by night by the by Petco, Petco Park. Park. Yep, um, right across the street, um, and then we checked in Sunday morning at the actual the Hyatt. That and makes then sense. We stayed there the whole time, which is crazy because it's only been three years. Yeah. we were like, did we stay here? Because mm-hmm. I remember we stayed up at that other hotel. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, we had because we went down on Saturday before the winter meetings to set up our our. We were, at the time, we were doing live shows. Uh, every day of the winter meetings and stuff. So we set up our, our set outside the media workroom all day Saturday. We had to go back to the hotel on Saturday. You got sick. I got sick Poor Tuesday Bobby. night. Missed all of Wednesday. Missed the Rendon signing uh, with the Angels um, and the Rule 5 draft. Every, I mean, that, that, that was a big deal for the Nationals back then. Um, and then... And lo and behold, I was sick this past week too. So I just am always sick. It's this time of year. I guess it's just... The cold weather, the I'm happy it's that week because it's in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, <laughs> right? but it's always that week. I always get sick. I don't get it. Have you? Did you go to winter meetings when they were in Nashville before? Yeah, uh, that was my first winter meetings back in 2017. It was my first winter meetings. That's the first time I ever met our colleague uh, Mark Zuckerman actually Aww. too at the Nashville. And that's the winter meetings when I learned you don't go anywhere. Right. Nashville. So Nashville is universally, I think, hated by. Baseball writers. People like, were it's saying like it's like worst. insane. The it's, hotel's insane, but you can't. The hotel's really the hotel, nice. Really, yeah, it's the Gaylord, but it's not in downtown Nashville. Right, it's, you're not even like in Nashville. 
um, and there's nothing to do around it. I, I didn't go outside the entire time I was there back in 27. This was now, what, six years ago? Yeah. Almost six years, five years ago? And they said it's, like, huge. They were like, if you don't remember Massive. what the pattern of your carpet is in your, by your yeah. hotel room, you'll get lost. Like, yeah, because they have, like, this whole, the whole lobby is, like, a maze almost. Like, there's, like, different, like, seatings and restaurants, and I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. 17 was Nashville. 18 was here in, no, no, no. Yeah, I think 18 was D.C., right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure 18 was D.C. Or 17. No, 18 was Vegas because that was Bryce Harper year. Oh. So, yeah, I went 16 in Nashville, 17 D.C., 18 Vegas. 19 San Diego. Wait, there was Orlando, too. <laughs> yeah, that was in the mix, too. All right, so working backwards, this was – Lefty, the last one I went to was 19 San Diego. 18 was Vegas because I remember after Vegas, I went straight to Chicago for my cousin's wedding. Okay. Then the year before that was 17. So that was Orlando, Disney World. So, so 16, 16. So 15 was Nashville. That's when that, my first one was 15. That's insane. Seven years ago was my first winter meetings. So Nashville, DC, Orlando, Vegas, San Diego has been the five that I've been to. Jeez. Um, and then obviously 2020 was canceled because of COVID. Last year was canceled because, or well, I guess 2020 was virtual because of COVID. Yeah. Last year was canceled because of lockout. And then back in San Diego. Back I think it's Diego. Nashville next year, right? I think I heard Great. that. Great. So back, back to it, Bobby. Back to it. <laughs> back and then Dallas, it. I think. In I've never been to Dallas yeah. So Pepco, not Pepco, I shouldn't say Pepco. San Diego has been, is, I guess, universally beloved by baseball writers. It's, the, it's everyone's favorite. Yeah, people like San Diego. Because the hotel's nice. There are actually things to do there. The weather is nice. It's so walkable. It's like, walkable. The ho Yeah, everything's kind of right there. The only problem for us East Coast writers is that it's across the country. It's a six-hour flight to and from. So you kind of lose, you know, you probably lost... Most of the day Sunday when you're flying there, and then right. you lose all day Thursday flying back. And then you're here trying to edit stuff, and it's yeah, <laughs> trying to do midnight edit here. And <laughs> keep up with news, and yeah, it's almost midnight on the on the because everything's happening late in the afternoon, West Coast time, and right? Late evening, East Coast time. Yeah, it's it's fun. Well, I think it's, it's your, like my favorite part of the year. Really? Yeah, it's my why. least favorite part. I'm with Rock Rocco Baco on the Orioles side. Hates the winter meetings. I'm on him because for so, I'm on his side because for so long. Except for the one time it was in D.C., which was nice because we got to stay close to home. We didn't have to travel that much. Nothing really ever happens for the team that we cover. Right. The Nationals and the Orioles, when I was on the Orioles side, didn't do anything for so long. The Nationals barely did anything right. except for that one Adam Eaton trade. And then all the way back to signing Jason Worth on the first day, too. And that was, you know, before we, I worked at Masson. So it's just like, it was just like a whole bunch of nothing. Right. So, like, it's like, it's and so much travel and work for nothing. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of similar to this year. Like, the big event for the Nationals was Rule 5 Draft. Yeah. Like, they obviously didn't do anything while we were there. Um, I guess in 2019, I, the Nationals didn't. Well, Steven Strasburg. Strasburg and Rendon. And then Rendon. And I, coming off a of World Series, that I get. That's Yeah, exciting. 2019 was kind of exciting. But the Yankees feel like do they do something every year. Right. Like, well, the, Garrett Cole was in 2019 when yeah, I was there. The Stanton trade was at the winter meetings in Orlando. Right. Um, and then this year. This year, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Right. So it was kind of exciting. And that was kind of fun just to follow along with, right. you know, through winter meetings. So what's your favorite part about it then now that you've been to two at the same place? I think it's just everybody that you see. Yeah, that's, like, that's my favorite part too. This year, I felt like there were a lot more former players there, which is just cool. Like you're just yeah. walking through the lo lobby like, oh, there's CC Sabathia. Yeah. Oh, there's, you know, like you, you just see so many different people and you get to meet people like mm -hmm. at the bar in the evenings, you know, you get to mingle. Yeah, that's um, my favorite part is like the evening part, the not actual like during the day stress, trying to shoot Rizzo, trying to shoot Davey. It's, it is chaotic, like going from interviews. press conference to press conference. But the night, we're like after dinner, hang out in the lobby, just kind of chill 
chill, talking with people. That's the best part. It's in like there's no other time throughout the year that you get to see like that many people from that many different teams. And what other in event? One place. I saw what other event do you have Nelson and Cruz walking around looking for a job? Right, <laughs> like, that's crazy. He was. He really was. It's crazy. I saw John Heyman tweet a picture of him in the lobby. Yeah, and he's like, "Here he is, looking for a job." And it's like that's nuts. he came I in with like his sunglasses on. I he looks so cool. I was like, "Future Hall of Famer oh, is walking the hotel lobby." You know, like he's like a college right. freshman looking for an internship. Like interviewing. Yeah, guys. it's like that's, you're Nelson Cruz. Yeah, like, you'll be fine. So that's, that's um, what was your least cool favorite part? part? Um. Probably, I don't know, I guess just being so busy. Like we, yeah. it was like, like I would sit down to like try to edit something and be like, okay, now we have yeah. Mike Rizzo availability and you know, yeah. kind of running around. That well, part's you, a little stressful. You guys did a great job. Um, Thanks Bobby. Um, I wish I was there to help, at least help out. I, Cause I know you guys were stretched thin um, and help Mark out. I know, I mean, thankfully there was no major news breaking. So Mark was able to, I mean, he's fully capable, but like it would have been yeah. nice for me to help there. On a writing standpoint, I was able to write some from home, but you guys did a great job. Any of the interviews you guys missed, be sure to check out on, on the Masson app, YouTube, um, wherever you find our videos, social right. media. Yep. Um, they get a bunch of great interviews. You got Davey, Mike Rizzo, Dijon Watson, um, Rizzo a couple of times. Of course, he had media sessions throughout the week, so that was really cool. Um, you guys did a great job out there, and uh, maybe next year I'll be with you guys I in Nashville. I hope so. Nashville. When did it come back to D.C.? I, I know. It should be D.C. more often. Yeah, it's that'd easy. be so convenient. I can just drive every day yeah, instead of so convenient. stay in a hotel. or having Did you apply. guys stay in a hotel? When it was in yeah, D.C.? they put us up a hotel in uh, Virginia across the water, um, which is nice. That's nice. Yeah, but the problem is you had, the, you had an Uber over it. Like, right. Yeah, you I mean, I guess it's better than paying for parking because it's impossible to park in National Harbor, especially with an event that big. Um yeah, we weren't actually in the hotel. Yeah, that was National nice Harbor. this year. I felt like, I, that's crazy. I couldn't remember where we yeah. stayed last night. No, because I'm, you know why? Now we're going on a tangent. And sorry. I'm sorry, this podcast. But like, I remember because that was the year where we got in, we checked in that first hotel, and you and I watched the Maryland-Illinois game. And that was when, wasn't was it Cowan or was it Mello hit I was thinking it was Cowan. It was Cowan. Cowan Jr. hit the buzzer. Hit like they, they scored like oh, five yes. points in the last like thirty seconds. Okay, I remember. Okay, I remember. And we were that. like freaking out. Like, oh, okay, yeah. now we got to go to work. work. We got to go. Okay, and because we and then that the next morning we switched to the other hotel. hotel. Got it. Okay. Yeah, See, isn't that weird? How, there's like little things. How you I, remember? Stuff? I have a memory of an. Ele- My mom says I'm Robert Van Steel Trap. I just remember like the most obscure, smallest, unnecessary details. But I do. Well, that's why you're here, Bobby. That's why I'm here, that's why I you're guess. good at your job. I'm terrible with names, though. But <laughs> hopefully I don't mess up these names because the Nationals have two new names on their roster as we switch over to more uh, <laughs> baseball, relevant baseball, baseball news. Um, as Amy alluded to, the Rule 5 draft was the big news for the now. Na- well, also the draft lottery. We should talk yes. about that, too. Yep. Uh, before we get into Thad Ward and Trevor Williams, just quickly talk about the, the draft lottery. The Nationals get the number two overall pick. Um, in the first ever draft lottery, the Pirates get the number one overall pick. We said on the podcast last week, um, a top three pick is 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 good. Number one's obviously ideal, uh, but they land a top two, and I think that's good enough. That at least gives you the option, or you know, you'll get at least the best pitcher or best 
position player available. Right, exactly. I think you're just as happy with number two as you would have been with number one. You wanted number one. You know, yeah. they, they deserved number one, but I think you're just as happy with number two. Now, if you would have been picking at five or six and then not been able to get in the top six picks the next, Disaster. the following year, that would have been really, really tragic. Um, you would have been, I think, happier with number seven than at that point. So yeah. at least you yeah. had the chance at a top six pick next year. Um, but you're happy with number two. Um, they're going to get a really good player at number two. Uh, and I think Mike Rizzo was just kind of like, mm, yeah, it is what it is. It was kind of bizarre. Like the whole yeah. setup was just bizarre. You were in this room. It was quiet. It was like anticlimactic. Like all of the either GMs or whoever their front office representative was for each team just kind of sat there like awkwardly with the camera in their face. It was yeah. just weird. Um, but number two pick for the first year. Yeah, I felt bad for Riz because like watching on MLB Network, you know, every they would show him, and he's just sitting there. It was know, on so a high top, awkward, yeah. High top table, it's like you, they look like they're sitting by themselves in this weird bar, and yeah. then like you, it's like I mean, speed dating, <laughs> kind of, yeah. And Rizzo's like not camera shy, but he's obviously not, you know, totally comfortable There's on camera. Like, he's not used to it, and so just having a camera shoved in your face, and you're just like, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's like they're not doing anything. Right. They're if just they representing the, yeah, yeah. They're just representing their team. They're not like. You know, like pulling like the actual like bingo ball out of the thing. They're Which just like, sitting I there. I wish it, they could have done something like yeah. They did it behind scene. Right. They did it before they went on air. And I mean, I guess logistically that's easy, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But the, the national get the number two. You're yeah. right. I think a top two spot is, is 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 good. You'll take that if you're the Nationals. Um, you saw some teams jump up, some teams fall down. That was kind of dramatic. But you mentioned this is something that a point we didn't harp on too much last week, but like. Under the new CBA, a team cannot get back-to-back -back top six picks. And since the Nationals drafted, well, I guess, yeah, five last year, and then now number two, two. this year, the highest they can pick next year, or I guess in 2024, will be seven. Will be seven. Mm -hmm. So that's why we were saying, you alluded to, maybe if you didn't get one or two, seven probably would be next best, because then you could leapfrog back into the top three, top six I'm um, in 2024. So now you'll at least get top two back-to-back -to -back top five picks, including number two overall, and then you'll drop out in 2024. But hopefully a full season of more development. I mean, maybe, ideally, the Nationals play well enough. I mean, it's not expected, but the Nationals play well enough in 2023, and, you know, they finish around, which would have been six or seven anyways. You know what I mean? Like, their odds, they were not going to finish with the worst record in baseball. We're like, oh, darn, that's a, a wasted opportunity to have a top pick. No, like maybe they'll improve enough to, oh, you know, they would have been outside the top five anyway. So True, being yeah. number seven isn't the worst. Yeah, and then having a lock at number right. seven, eight, or, you know, right yeah. in that range. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. It's interesting. It is interesting. So the number two overall pick, obviously we'll have full coverage of that coming up in next year, but that's way down the line. Um, moving on to the Rule 5 draft, that was the – uh, next big event from the winter meetings for the Nationals. They select Thad Ward, a right-hander from the Red Sox system, um, with the number one overall pick in the Rule 5 draft. Their first Rule 5 selection in 12 years. Uh, we were kind of questioning whether it's going to be... Because this is the one draft you kind of do select by need, by a position of need, right. because this player has to be on your roster for the entire season, has to be on the active roster, i.e. not the injured list, for at least 90 days uh, next season, you are taking a chance on them. You're paying a low cost, $100,000. If you have to give them back to the Red Sox, you'll get fifty grand back. Um, but 
we were wondering whether or not they would fill it like first base, corner outfield spot, or go pitcher, and they go pitcher with Thad Ward, a number one pick in the Rule 5 draft. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's kind of easier to, to project or pick talent in the Rule 5 draft because you're only looking at a certain set of positions. You're not looking at the whole spread of players because you're not taking the best player available because this is somebody that has to fill a need for you this entire season. You know, if not, it's kind of a waste. And Mike Rizzo joked around about not selecting anybody in the Rule 5 draft, maybe. Um, I think they had to, especially given that they had the number one pick in the Rule 5 draft, and it's the best way to kind of fill a need or get talent uh, without having to pay much of anything at all. It's the cheapest way to get somebody. Um, I kind of had to laugh a little bit when they took a picture that's coming back from Tommy John. <laughs> um, Dad Ward, I know a lot of teams really liked him great talent you know he had success when he came back uh the second half of this past season um made seven starts at the double a level pitched to a 243 era uh kind of got better as the season went along but he went from being boston's organizational pitcher of the year in 2019 to you know COVID happened in 2020 everybody missed that minor league season uh then he had tommy john so he missed almost all of 2021 season and 20 22. So I had to laugh a little bit, but I think they got a really good talent in that word. And I think he's going to be able to pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen for them. And maybe even, you know, middle of the season compete for, uh, you know, uh, the back end of the rotation spot. He's kind of like a, uh, just another Mason Denenberg in this system. He, he followed the exact same path. You mentioned prospect, you know, high upside, Loses 2020 due to COVID. Tommy John 2021 comes back and pitches well down the stretch in 2022. That yep. uh, word had a little more success, and I think it's highly rated than Mason Denenberg mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, but very similar timelines. Uh, Ward was the Red Sox 15th ranked prospect per MOB pipeline. He enters the national system as a 13th ranked prospect. He was a fifth round pick, 160th overall back in 2018 out of Central Florida by the Red Sox. Um, you mentioned him winning minor league pitcher of the year. Um, He's gotten up to double A. So, you know, he has pitched at the higher levels. Well, one of the higher levels of minor leagues. Um, so it's not like you're taking a chance on a low A, single A guy and, and thrusting him right into a major league roster. He has some small success um, at the double A level. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's another swing man. I, I think mm -hmm. they'll start him out on the bullpen. And we'll talk about Trevor Williams in a second too. Um, but I, I wonder... You're right. It is easier to take a chance on a pitcher and then find innings for him right. as opposed to taking a position player and then finding out bats for him. Yeah, like when Davey Martinez was saying, he said, I kind of hope we take an arm in the yeah. Rule 5 draft because, you know, I can find innings for him somewhere. You know, like we're ahead by a lot. If he's struggling, having a rough year, if we're ahead by a lot, I can throw him in there. Down right. by a lot, you can throw him in there. You can kind of hide a pitcher a lot more than you can uh, a position player. Right. And... You know, look how many pitchers the Nationals use. I mean, we talk about their bullpen being the strength, but the rotation's still in question. So Davey relies on that bullpen a lot. There will be plenty of innings to go. A lot of their, not a lot, but, you know, let's say half of their bullpen arms can still be optioned down to make room, you know. So that's kind of a revolving door for guys that Davey likes to use and Mike Rizzo likes to use and bring in fresh arms. Now, you can't option that ward down without offering it back to the Red Sox. So that's, He's kind of stuck there, but that's how you kind of open up innings. When a guy's burnt out, you bring up another guy, and that work can slide in, um, you know, and make a spot start. Now, he's been a starter throughout his professional career right. in the Red Sox system. He's going to have to make a transition back to being a reliever. He was mostly a reliever in college at Central Florida, 
Um, he's it's it's hard. I wonder how easy the transition will be or difficult the transition will be for him to go back to a reliever. And if he's going to be used as like a multi innings reliever, are the Nationals going to try to, you know, use him as all right, this starter didn't get out of the fourth inning. We need to bridge the gap, throw in Thad Ward. Hopefully he gives us two innings plus innings. Or is he going to be like, you know, this is a good matchup for him. You'll, you'll take this inning right here. We need you to get three outs. Right. I think given, I mean, Mike Rizzo said, you know, he's been a starter for his whole professional career. We view him as a starter. That's how we scouted him. Um, he's going to have a chance to compete uh, to be a starter. Um, but I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, it's going to be more of a multiple inning reliever. And the good thing about him is he has a six pitch mix. So he has yeah. the potential to be a starter. Um, it's just so hard to kind of gauge how effective his stuff is going to be at the major league level because he has only pitched at the double a level and he only made it there for seven starts at the end of the season mostly because he was coming back from tommy john it's hard to tell where he would have been um if he didn't have that surgery but he has really good stuff his sliders his best pitch that's his strikeout pitch he gets comps to chris sale chris sales slider um and if you watched his highlights of him earlier he like He's intense. Like, yeah. I think everybody said, Mike Rizzo said he was competitive. I talked to a broadcaster, a double A Portland. She was like, he's intense. Like, he comes off the mound, like, pumping his arms. Uh, so he'll be a, a competitive player. You see that a lot with pitchers in the, in the Red Sox organization. Right. MLB Pipeline oh. scouts his arsenal on a 2080 scale, 55 fastball, 60 slider, 50 changeup, with 50 control, and he's a 45 overall. Um, and they also scout him. His scouting reports also say that he's got an easy delivery that helps him have at least average control. So that command will be a little bit better. Um, The baseline is average. So that's good. And, you know, what really stuck out to me looking at his stat page is that in the minors, he has a .5 home run per nine rate. So he does not give up a lot of long balls, which I'm guessing aids. But that control helps him with. So, you know, the Nationals, of course, led the majors in home runs allowed last year as a pitching staff. Him helping keep the ball in the yard is going to be a big part. Now, obviously, it's a big jump from double A to, you know, some, what is it? Uh, he's made nine starts at double A and then pitching in the major leagues. But if he can have that command while also being very athletic, he was also a basketball prospect mm-hmm. coming out of high school. So he's got very athlete, a lot of athleticism on the mound, too. So if you can keep the ball in the yard, that's a trait that's going to definitely jump out of the page for the Nationals, I bet, uh, the fact that he does not give up a lot of home runs. Yeah, exactly. His fastball command kind of came along, especially towards the end of the season. He still needs to, you know, kind of refine that if he's going to miss major league bats. But that's something that can, you know, kind of come along, especially if he's just throwing a couple innings here and there um, out of the bullpen. I think for the main thing is for him is just going to be staying healthy. He had a good Arizona fall league, but he missed some time with an oblique injury. Uh, that happens kind of a lot when players are coming back from a surgery like Tommy John. Um, so it's just a matter of staying healthy, um, and hopefully he'll stay healthy for from here on out. Does have a little bit of a high hit rate, 8.5 hits per nine in those nine double-A starts and 4.1 walks per nine. So, you know, he's not perfect. He's not Max Scherzer out there, but he, he does keep the ball in the yard, and maybe, you know, with that control, if he can elevate that a little bit and, and keep showing, you mentioned the slider, Keeping guys off base will be a big key. And, you know, Davey will take that in any kind of form, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's swingman, spot starter, one inning reliever, whatever it is, Davey will take that. I'm really curious why they didn't protect him. 
Yeah. I mean, it looked like they had a kind of long list of arms that they had to protect in this revived draft. They probably, I mean, he was probably like right on the fringe um, of guys that they want to prote- protect and they kind of had to choose. But, you know, looking at his stuff, uh, looking at how highly he was rated in their organization, I was kind of surprised they didn't protect him. Yeah, another comp to Mason Denenberg and a guy that wasn't protected and you know the Nationals thought maybe people won't take a chance on him because he's coming off Tommy John no one did but that someone right. did take a t- chance on Thad Ward um anything any other notes you have on him that you want to before it. we move on um then the big signing um uh, we've talked about Jay, uh Candelario uh we talk about Stone Garrett almost did it backwards um now the other big signing over the weekend was Trevor Williams that okay. signing became official uh, as the Nationals added um utility man pitcher for the, the by the Mets <laughs> from last year and he spoke to the media earlier this week and he said he's been told he's going to be a starter which I thought found interesting that the Nationals now have added a starting pitcher and Trevor Williams a right-hander 30 years old has parts of six major league years experience um, I, I like this ad for the Nationals on a two-year, $13 million deal. Yeah, they needed a pitcher. They really needed a veteran pitcher. Uh, they knew it was going to be, you know, kind of a guy just like this. I mean, uh, Trevor Williams said he wanted to start. He wanted to go somewhere. I mean, obviously, he was going to fit in, you know, wherever a team would put him. Um, if they wanted him to be a reliever, he would be a reliever. But he said he wanted to start, and the Nationals are kind of a good fit for a team you know, for a guy who's looking to get out of the bullpen and get back into the rotation uh, like he was in his time with the Pirates. But he pitched mostly out of the bullpen this year. He made some starts at the beginning of the season, started nine games for the Mets. uh, But then most of their starters came back, got healthy, and then he made 21 appearances out of the bullpen. And he pitched better out of the bullpen, a 2.47 ERA compared to a 3.21 ERA overall. His strikeout numbers improved when he pitched out of the bullpen. Um, But he's trying to get back. And the good thing is, is he can throw a lot of innings for you, Mm -hmm. A, and B, he doesn't have injury history. Um, And if you're looking for a guy to get back into a start, make, you know, close to 30 starts a season, that's the kind of guy you want where you can't point to any, you know, injury log. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and he's done it before. Uh, Back in 2018 with the Pirates, he made 31 starts, a 311 ERA covering 170 and two-thirds innings, uh, a whip of 1178. If you're the Nationals, you take that immediately. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like... At this point with this rotation, that's number one starter stats right there uh, because you don't know what you're getting in Mackenzie Gore, Kate Cavalli, Josiah Gray, and, of course, Patrick Corbin to fill out the rotation. Um, He did also finish 150 innings back in 2017, 31 appearances, 25 starts, ERA of 4.07, 145 and two-thirds innings in 2019, 26 starts, 538 ERA. So that kind of evened out, I guess, over those three years where the majority of his innings – came from but I guess the big question this was posed to him by Mark Zuckerman um, on the zoom meeting is you know you pitched under 90 innings last year um, in 30 appearances nine starts with the Mets now you're expected to be a starter you had done it before but you haven't done it Mm -hmm. in now three Three years years. going on four years what's that going to be like on your body jumping from 90 innings to 150, 160, 170 as a starter next year. And he said he, he he can do it. I mean, he's looking for the challenge he wanted. He kept saying that he wanted somewhere where he could post up. He likes taking the ball every five days. He likes knowing his schedule. He likes, he said he hated last year when the Mets, he would prepare for a series and then didn't pitch. Right. So like he likes to know who his opponent is coming up, doing all the homework, doing all the preparation and then going out and executing. Um, and 
you know, he says his body's able to do it because he knows he's done it in the past. Yeah, it almost seemed like when he was answering that, he made it seem like it's easier to prepare every right. five days as yeah. a starter than it is to, you know, come out of the bullpen, not really know what your role is today, make a spot start here or there, you know, um, that it kind of would be easier. And I just go back to the fact that he hasn't missed any significant time, yeah. you know, on the injured list. Um, you know, that makes me, yeah, I know I'm jinxing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm jinxing the heck out of you, Trevor. I'm sorry. Um, but that, that gives you a little more confidence that he will be able to do it. I don't, think it's going to be maybe as easy as he kind of made it sound um but worse comes to worse then he can switch back into that um you know long reliever role and then maybe the nationals could deal him at the deadline you know if yeah. he finds any success in the first half of the season yeah he, he said also the two-year deal is was which i was surprised i think you and i were both kind of surprised that it ended up being a multi-year deal um that the not not only that but the nationals were able to get a pitcher on a multi-year deal right. because you know and, and Trevor admitted this himself. He, he, what do you say? He's like, I'm not a prized fish or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, I'm. You know, he understood that he was not going to be one of the top pitching pros or pitching pitchers. Sorry, on this market, right? Um, and command, you know, a big contract. Um, he was happy with what he could get, and he got a two-year, thirteen million dollar deal from the Nationals, which is pretty solid for a guy that has been kind of this back and forth reliever starter over the past couple of years with the Mets and the Cubs uh, since he left the Pirates. Um, so that self-awareness was, was pretty nice to right. know. And, um, you know, the fact that the Nationals were able to go two years, yeah, you could trade him this offseason. He adds value because he does have so, another year of control, yeah. or you could trade him the following offseason wherever he ends up. Um, I look at his uh, pitching arsenal. He said he's a mostly a fastball pitcher, four-seamer, He's got a slider that he uses to get a lot of outs on. Also works on a sinker, change-up curveball. You know, that's five pitches right there, and that's what you need from a starter. So that's starter stuff right there because, you know, you see a lot of relievers. They work with two, maybe three pitches at most um, to get guys out because they work in such short spurts. Pitchers, you got to cover multiple innings. You have to have four or five pitches, mm -hmm. and he does. Um, and he's been working on some stuff too that he said. So he also said that, you know, it's – what you see on his like baseball savant page isn't really what he has. And he said, that's also a good thing. Cause it means opponents don't know what he has. So right. <laughs> he's working on some new things, but the five pitch guy um, that he's been doing it, you know, for six years, six, right. over six years. So um, he's bringing a strong, a pitching, a starting arsenal to this spot. Yeah. I mean, he did start for four years, you know, before he got traded to uh, the Mets. So he mm. kind of just fell into like a, a, a shaky situation there and they kind of had to use him how they wanted to. But now Davey Martinez is committed to him being a starter. Um, and he said, you know, Trevor said he likes that he's going into a young team. You know, yeah. he said he's seen the energy and stuff from these young guys. He's happy to, you know, come in and, you know, kind of speak from experience. And that's the kind of guy that they needed in in this rotation. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I was going to bring up that he, um, that he said, he talked to Josh Bell, who he knows from his time, mm -hmm. with the pirates. And of course, who spent the last year and a half, uh, with the nationals. Um, and then also Craig Stammen, long history with the nationals, long history now with the pi pa Padres. I'm in San Diego where Trevor Williams lives. So they know each other just from being in San Diego. Um, and first off, the, you know, of course, they said nothing but great things about the city, the organization. Um, but then he heard a lot of good things about the young players. And yep. they all have good heads on their shoulders. They all are, you know, 
love working hard to try to get better. So he's looking forward, Trevor is, to meeting some of these young guys, especially these young pitchers. He heard a lot of good things about Mackenzie Gore from Craig Stammen um, from this short time with the Padres. So he's going to have a lot to do with, you know, mentoring Mackenzie Gore, Kate Cavalli, Josiah Gray, um, what other young pitchers come up through the system. Uh, you know, Trevor Williams sounds like he's got a good head on show because, you know, he did this back, you know, with the pod, uh, the Pirates, mm-hmm. you know, pitching, going, pitching with Garrett Cole. Um, and, you know, he kind of grew up that way, too. So now it's his turn at 30 years old to kind of be the old guy. On the, he's like, I'm not that old, but now I am on this team uh, because, you know, they're transitioning into a, a much younger team right now. And uh, he's going to take on that veteran leadership. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with, you know, when you're talking about getting a veteran pitcher is, you know, part of it is Trevor Williams couldn't be too picky. Uh, he kind of had to go where, you know, if he wanted to be a starter, a team that was willing to take a chance on him being a starter again. But the veterans also have to want to come there. You That's know, true. it has to it has to work both ways. And, you know, a lot of veterans, especially veteran pitchers, why would you really want to come to the Nationals, right. you know, right now? So it's good to hear that people have said good things about the young players, the young talent that they have um, about the organization as a whole. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah, the multi-year deal helps, obviously. But yeah, you're right. You know, you have to want to be here for multiple right. years knowing that, you know, he just came from a team that was chasing a pennant. Right. And then now... It's a, that's hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. And now that he's going to be... you know on a team that's going to finish close to last place, if not last place um, in the NL East. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a commitment. And he also said, you know, his family's actually committed to making DC their home. Um, so they're, you know, they're looking in places. He said, uh, he joked that Max Scherzer's house, old house in Virginia is probably out of his budget, but uh, <laughs> they'll find a place to live outside of DC. Um, he said his oldest son's excited to go to all the museums. Um, he said he's always enjoyed off days at, and DC, whenever they would travel, one of his favorite road trips uh, throughout his career, uh, going on the mall and stuff like that. So that's that's a pretty yeah. cool, like you know, if you're the Nationals and a Nationals fan, you know, growing up living in this area too, you're like, oh, that's that's cool. That's well, it's good to know in this scenario too that just because the team, you know, is in a different direction and it's going to take a couple of years to be competitive again, DC and the Nationals as an organization are still a destination for free agents mm-hmm. for players. You know, you're the top guys. Obviously, are going to go to competitive teams right now. But it means down the line, when the Nationals are good again, guys are going to be like, oh, you know, DC is a place to go. That's a that's a fun place to go. And you forget about that. And like, the pitching market this year has been crazy. I yeah. mean, where the what these pitchers are getting in the years and the money, it's just insane. But it's so easy to you know be focused on that, and you kind of forget about like, oh wait, like they're uprooting their whole family. Like it yeah. has to, they have to go somewhere that they want to be, a city that they want to be. Uh, you kind of forget about that yeah. element of it, and that DC is like, well, you know, the capital of our country. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's still somewhere that people want to go, regardless of the direction that the team is headed right now or how they performed the last two years. Yeah. So that's I, I think that's that was that kind of stuck out to me too is that that. No matter where this team is, you know, in terms of wins and losses, this still remains a destination mm-hmm. for for free agents and and top guys. I mean, Trevor Williams was, you know, if he was going to be a reliever, he would maybe one of the top relievers on the market. Now as a starter, definitely middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's where the Nationals are getting. So I'm glad he mentioned, and we now know that he is going to be a starter. He's going to be the fifth starter, maybe higher on that rotation, depending on how everyone pitches um, in spring training. Because my question coming into today was going to be, do the Nationals have too many swing men? Because they have so many guys that fill so many roles. And we talk about versatility all the time on this podcast. And that's a great thing when we talk about position players and pitchers too. But 
I was concerned that my question would be, do they have too many guys that do too many things on the pitching staff? And do they need to have more defined roles? You have, you know, adding Trevor Williams and now Thad Ward. Thad Ward, we probably agree that can do a little bit of both, mm-hmm. depending on what's needed. We know Trevor Williams is going to be a starter. But had he not been, had he been kind of brought in to be a kind of a swingman type, you also have guys like Paulo Espino, who we call the Swiss Army Knife. We got guys like Corey Abbott, who has done a little bit of both. Um, Victor Arano can do a little bit of both. Um, there's just a lot of different guys. Andres Machado, um, Mason Thompson, they stretch out. They wanted him to be able to cover multiple innings too. There's a lot of different guys. And, and I was wondering if, do you need more set roles for, especially in the bullpen for pitchers as opposed to position players? I think if we're talking like just Trevor Williams, particularly, I think it's a good thing that he can do both because he, he's, pretty effective at both you know he was effective as a a long man out of the bullpen but he was also you know fairly effective as a starter the bad thing and the bad part about the rest of that list is the reason that they aren't defined as a reliever or as a starter is because they weren't particularly great at both you know when you're talking about Paulo Espino it's like he really shouldn't be in this rotation but he's making starts because they don't have anybody else to um you know and it's because it's not because necessarily because he was like a fantastic reliever. Uh, right. I think that's sim- similar with Corey Abbott. You know, they don't have defined roles because they're not great yeah. at either. You know, they're not good enough to be a starter, um, but just good enough to make spot starts when the Nationals yeah, yeah. need them. So yeah, I would agree with you that they kind of need more defined roles. And hopefully this year you're going to see more of that. Well, they, yeah, they defined Trevor Williams' role, yeah. which is which is good. Like I said, I think that's because, like, yeah, I think that we would have dipped into that territory had he come in and been like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to compete for a starter, a starter spot. But if they put me in the bullpen, that's fine. And we're not going to see. I mean, all these young arms are going to be back. Hopefully, fingers crossed and healthy. Yeah. It's going to be set that, you know, you have Kate Cavalli in your rotation, Mackenzie Gore in your rotation, Josiah Gray in your rotation. You know, that set. Hopefully you don't have to see those Paulo Espinos and, you know. Yeah. And then, I mean, that allows then, like, you know, maybe you don't need Corey Abbott on the major league roster at the start. You right. know, send him back down to AAA and have him, you know, he pitched well there. That, I mean, he earned his way back up, obviously, but. But as you, you add more talent, better talent, right. you start to win more games, you're going to see less and less of that. And when yeah. they're contenders again, you're going to see more of a set rotation and set roles in the bullpen like you did in 2019 and of course injuries are going to play a factor here right like no one's going to make it this entire pitching staff is not going to make it through the entire season fully healthy so like it does in that sense when you do have holes and you have multiple guys to fill those spots that helps right of course but going into the season to find roles is ideal and then you'll mix and match and go along and you know play the cards that you're dealt throughout the course of the season um so that's going to help. But, yeah, I was just like, well, they have so many guys that do so many things. Right. You only have five spots. In the, I mean, typically you Is only have five spots. In the, right. And, and and overall, I would say it's a good thing because you are going to have things that come up and then you're going to need to fill innings, starts, whatever it may be. Um, but going into the season, it's like you can't have – I mean, you can compete. Obviously, you mm-hmm. can have competition in camp, but, like, you can't go in with six – for seven starters, guys that are thinking they're their starters and then moving to the bullpen. We've seen so many times that guys that, you know, go into camp, I'm going to be a starter, I'm going to be a starter, not make the rotation. Well, but they're going to keep me on as a bullpen arm and then struggle at the gate. Right. Like, I think, sure, have an open competition for maybe that fifth spot. I think Mackenzie Gore, Kate Cavalli, and Josiah Gray are going to win those spots. 
yeah, or maybe, you know, this year you'll see Davey Martinez use, you know, the opener role more. Or maybe, True. you know, some of these guys that he know can pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen, he'll kind of, you know, tag team them with other guys. You might see, you know, you might see the, yeah. him use these arms differently, you know, next season. And that goes along with also, you know, Josiah Gray just finished. We talked about him fading near the end of the season. He just finished his first major league season. Obviously, Mackenzie Gore, Kate Cavalli have yet to do that. So, like, they're going to be careful with their innings. Like, right. They want them to be healthy and finish the whole season. So, maybe you give a guy an extra days of rest, um, uh, use an off day to give, to bump him from the rotation, and then you use that spot starter, bullpen day, whatever it may be. Right, because everybody in this rotation is either going to be young, coming back from injuries, or just starting to st- right. start again, yeah. you know? So it, it, it might be a little bit difficult to navigate, especially yeah. towards the beginning of the season and then at the end of the season once the workload gets high. So Should it'll be, be interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a storyline to follow heading into spring training and uh, we'll have full coverage of any other roster moves moving forward throughout the rest of the offseason. We'll have one more podcast before the holiday break. That'll come, of course, next week at 1 o'clock on YouTube and Facebook. Be sure to tune in. Of course, subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Shout out to Brenda Mortensen for producing this show behind the scenes. At Amy Jennings News on Twitter for Amy. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. At Mass and Nationals across the board. Of course, check out all the work on MassandSports.com and the Mass and App. And the Mass and All Access podcast is brought to you by Toyota. For legendary safety and reliability, choose Toyota and let's go places. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.